0: today and those that that's listen to us through um, uh, social media and other avenues that, that listens. We thank God for you. We thank God for the local assembly. Uh, we are praying now for many things and we ask continuously that you submit your prayers uh, for our schools as they are nearing the end of schools and our colleges. Um, we uh, have a intercessory prayer team, and we lifted up this week the schools um, that there would be no um, uh, situations to take place. However, there was a situation. We prayed on Friday, and at Friday noon in in Oregon, uh, there was a high school called Port Rose where um, a young man, 18 years old at the high school, walked in his classroom with a shotgun. And we think and praise God that there was a the security guard was a coach, and what he did he tackled the young man, and and, and praise be to God that there were no uh, no injuries uh, uh, to any students. And so we are we are thankful and we are grateful. So we're asking that you continue as as in the world to to. Continue to praying for our our children and our teachers and everyone that's out there. Amen. So this time we're going to bring forth the word, and we ask that you be attentive, and we just praise God for the word. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. Good morning, House of
1: Destiny. Let's go to the book of 1 Peter 4.9. Father, we thank you this morning for bringing us together once again. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you will continue to bless us in God. Father, hold our hands. Father, as we go through this journey called life, and bless us as we go forward in faith. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. <coughs> let the church say amen. Amen, amen, amen. I want to talk to you this morning about hospitality. The word hospitality is a very dynamic word. It's an action word. And this is what God's Word says in 1 Peter 4, uh, chapter 4, verses 9. 1 Peter, chapter 4, verse 9. It says, use hospitality one to another without what? Grudging. Mm-hmm. Now, the word hospitality means to be gracious toward one another. Amen and it tells us to do this without grudging because that word grudging there means without giving hospitality without a secret displeasure let me explain have you ever yourself or someone else that you may have known who have presented themselves as being hospitable and acted upon the act of hospitality, but inside the individual, they really grudged doing what they did? You ever did that or you ever known anybody to do that? In other words, have you ever given something to somebody out of hospitality And had a secret displeasure about doing it, but you did it anyway. You understand what I'm saying? Well, that was grudging. And God says to do, give hospitality, to be generous toward one another without any type of secret displeasure. Because you see, that grudging, that secret displeasure, what it does is, it counteracts the grace of hospitality that God wants to give into our life. So giving is and presenting hospitality, hospitality is an act but the giving part of it comes from within. And when we have a secret displeasure about our giving of hospitality toward one another and our being generous toward one another, then what happens is, is that we allow ourselves to nullify the grace of God in our life and it blocks what God would like to do for us because of that act of hospitality that we have presented. Within ourselves. Does that make sense to you? Let's look at 1 Samuel 16, verses 6 and 7. Show you something here. See? See, a lot of times we might do things, and it looks like we're doing it out of the righteousness of ourselves, but there any ulterior motives or anything like that the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 6 and 7 it says and it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said surely the Lord anointed is before him now what is taking place here is that Jesse had eight sons and Samuel had been ordered by the Lord and commanded by the Lord to go and anoint David. But David was the smallest. David was on the backside <coughs> tending to the sheep like all good pastors would do. Pastors would do. Uh, uh, and, and all these others began to, these seven brothers, they began to parade in front of Samuel. And when Samuel, when he saw Eliab... He said, surely the Lord has anointed him because of what he looked like. You see, sometimes our generosity, sometimes our, our hospitality, it looks right. But see, God sees deeper than the act. God is looking for something deeper. That's why the Bible says, don't know no man by the flesh. But knowing by the spirit, because when we we can always find something wrong in each other, right? I mean, that that's easy. But God said we have to learn to look beyond that like God does. See, God doesn't look at the physical statue of a man like Samuel did. And Samuel was an anointed prophet of God. But it says in verse 7 here, But the Lord said unto Samuel, he corrected Samuel, he said, Don't look on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a, who see? Man sees. See, God doesn't see like we see. But, Man looks on the outward appearance. See, man may see that act of hospitality as being real. But God is looking at, okay, what is his heart saying when the hospitality is being pre- uh, presented? God says that man looks on the outward appearance, but I'm looking at his heart, you see. And that's why the Bible says, look, don't, don't Use hospitality. Toward one another. Now we do that quite well here at House of Destiny. We, we we really do. Over the years, we that's one of the things that we pride ourselves on. You know, we, 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 We're small in number, but big on love and hospitality. And, and it, that's what we're known by. But the Bible tells us that when we use this hospitality toward one another, that we need to do it without any secret displeasure in it. In other words, if I help you or you help me, it, we shouldn't do it with a secret displeasure, grudging, you know, like, I hate doing it, but I'm going to do it. You know what i Because you just killed your own blessing. So God's Word says there in 1 Peter 4 9, now, when you, when you do and when you use hospitality toward one another, please, don't do it grudgingly because that's going to nullify what God wants to do For you. Well, let's take a look at the situation, knowing that God looks at the heart of a man and not at the outward appearance. We go over here to Genesis 18, verses 1 through 5, and I'm not going to be with you alone. Not going to be alone today. Genesis 18, verses 1 through 5. Please tell me when you get there, please. Amen. Here it is. We see that the Lord appeared unto him, Abraham, in the plains of memory. The plains of memory means that Abraham was settled in his strength with God, okay, within himself. Ah, And he sat, meaning he dwelt in the tent door. We know that Christ is the door of this tent this tabernacle so actually what Abraham was doing was Abraham was dwelling in Christ in the strength of himself in Christ the plains of memory and he was doing it in the heat of the day that means that there was about to be a major breakthrough in his life you see now A lot of times, just before a major breakthrough comes in our life, God will test us with a thing called hospitality. Did y'all hear what I just said? I said we have to be very careful, you know, because a lot of times before God does a major breakthrough in our life, God will test us with a thing called hospitality. He's checking our hearts. He's te- seeing whether we're going to be generous toward one another and we're going to be that way without being grudging, we got, without any secret displeasures involved. So Abraham dwelling in Christ in the plains of memory in the strength of the anointing, verse 2 says he lifted up his eyes and looked. See, see, see. Now, now here again, we, we, we got to continue to look up, people, no matter what it looked like. You've got to continue looking up. It says he lifted up. You see, sometimes the weight of the world will keep us from lifting our eyes up. And when we lift our eyes up, we have to learn to look no matter what the situation is. God got it. And look and lo, he said three men, look what he said, three men stood by him. He didn't see them until he looked up, right? Till he lifted his eyes, right? Mm hmm. Sometimes we gotta look higher than our circumstances. Mm hmm. Sometimes we have to do that. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent of the door and bowed himself toward the ground. Well, wait a minute. Now the word here says that these men stood beside him. Now we not now the Bible say the Lord appeared to him, right? And when the Lord appeared to him, there were these three men standing beside him. Well, if they're standing beside him, why did he have to run to them? Wait a minute. That don't even make sense, does it? Think about that. If people are standing right here beside me, what do you mean uh, running? You know why? Because. God is an omnipresent God. He's everywhere all at the same time. He's right here beside us, yet though he's way past behind and out. See, even though he's right here, sometimes we got to run to him. Y'all don't hear me. Because sometimes, especially in this situation that we're in now called life, I don't know about y'all, but as I get older, I get weaker, I get more destitute, I get a whole lot of things that I used to not be. I get more worn down. My body is sickly, you know what I'm saying, and it's hurting now, but I still got to do what little bit I can do, and then I, gotta keep on, I got to keep on running toward him regardless of what it looked like or what other people think about me. See, it doesn't matter about that, see, because Jesus saved me for me. He told me I got to work out my own salvation with trembling and fear. Can't nobody else work this thing out for us. We have to do it. For ourselves, does that make sense? And in the midst of it all, like I said the other day, and I'll say it again when we were at the uh, the, the the training workshop that I done at Bethel uh, Thursday night, and we had a very very nice time up there. Uh, that same thing, those stickers that's on that rose bush, when that rose bush blooms, the same stickers descend that. Grew with that rose bush, those stickers on it is the very same thing that protects it. That's why the Bible says that the, they overcame by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. You see, because you got to go through something in order to have a testimony, and then when you go through it, when in God's time, the Bible says, I make all things good and beautiful. In my time, God says. It ain't in, when God develop you to where he wants you to be, that's not in Doc's time. And that's in God's time. When God do for me what he's going to do for me, that's in God's time. That ain't in nobody else's time. And sometimes we try to play God and get in the way. When all we need to do is just sit back and pray for folk and leave folk alone. And God will work it out. Because I'm going to tell you something. God knows how to whoop that tail better than any of us. He knows knows how to do that thing, right? Come on, y'all. So what I'm saying here this morning, you know, is that, you know, the Bible says give thanks to God in all things. And I'm learning because this is the will of God concerning Christ in us. So I'm learning that, you know, it's a privilege to be here this morning in pain of what it don't make no difference. It's a privilege to be here this morning to be able to fellowship with the people of God. And that's serious business to me, you know, because when we don't fellowship, we don't draw strength from one another. I feel better by doing my job than saying, okay, I could have easily, you know. Brenda could have easily, you know. It seems like every time we get in this pulpit lately, we're under attack, Brenda and I. You know, and that's 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 fact. You know what I'm saying? But I'm a veteran enough and I pray that she is too, that she's a veteran enough. I trust that she is to understand that this is the way this thing is. And this is we're in a fight. We're in a battle. All of us. And 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 there's just no way around it. You know what I'm saying? And even though the war is won, some of these battles we're going to lose, believe it or not. But the war is already won, so long as we endure to the end. because whosoever endure to the end shall be saved. You know, everybody in here got issues and problems and family problems and personal problems. Everybody. Sickness, you know, all kinds of things. Everybody. But all you got to do is just look at wave after wave after tornadoes and floods and stuff. you think you got prop? See when we look outside ourselves and show hospitality, we can see that hey, we're doing better than we think we are we We really are we're doing a whole lot better than we think we are because God didn't have to stay his hand. He could let that thing come right on it. The- And still could. But. God's grace. And mercy. Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. Because. Grace got us. But it's mercy that keeps us. (laughs) You better hear what I'm saying. It's grace that's got us. But it's mercy. The mercy of God. That keeps us because all of us. Have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. So can't nobody say nothing about nobody. We need to just be praying for each other. You know, that's what I tell them on Facebook all the time. Look, I don't just pray. Pray. For, you can do more praying than you can by running your mouth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you really can't. So here's Abraham, and he bows himself. And in verse three, he said, My Lord. If now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under a tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. After that you shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said did y'all see the hospitality there you see what abraham did abraham showed hospitality the bible says be sure that you in the, take heed that you entertain strangers for they've been angels <coughs> sometimes on a way here is the lord jesus christ and two of his angels coming in a, Form of a man in the Old Testament to speak to Abraham. Now, watch this. Watch what hospitality got Abraham. Because Abraham showed hospitality without grudging, as the Bible says. He showed hospitality without grudging and he comforted them as best he could, as quickly he could. I mean, He really done a good job. Did he not? And the Lord did two things for him. The Lord fulfilled his promise to Abraham. Abraham was 99 years old at that time. He fulfilled his promise to Abraham that he would given him back when he was 75 years old when he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I need you to move out because I'm going to make your your, your seeds as the sands of the sea and as the stars of the sky. Yeah. So hospitality brought in a blessing to Abraham because the Lord said this. The Lord said, "Abraham, by this time next year you going to have a child." See? Hospitality will allow God to reveal things to you. About yourself and the blessings that God, because you can't outgive God. You, you, and me, and the whole world, and I don't care the whole universe cannot outgive what God is and what God has already given in His creation. You just—it's impossible to do. Not only that, but God. The Lord Jesus Christ also said, should I hold anything back from my servant Abraham? This is what hospitality will do. Not only did it reveal that he would have a child next year, that he had been waiting for for my long time. Because he's 99 now. And that boy, when he was hundred age 100, that boy was born. Now, but God told him that when he was 75 years old. See, somebody, somebody say we need to wait on the Lord. Amen. It's tough waiting, ain't it? Amen. Come on, y'all. Amen. It's tough waiting. We get tired of waiting, don't we? Come on now. Yeah. But life ain't nothing but a wait game. Yeah. Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Got to get to the store. Hurry up and get in a long line. We're still waiting and going crazy. That's what it's all about. Wait, 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 But anyway, when we wait on the Lord, things happen. So God took Abraham and he said, Look, I'm going to send these other two angels on down, these other two men on down to Sodom and Gomorrah because I'm going to destroy it, you see. That's another blessing that Abraham received because of his hospitality. He got to know what God was about to do. That helped not only him, but his nephew Lot was down there in Sodom and Gomorrah. You see what I'm saying? See, when God blesses one because of their hospitality, don't you know that others that you connected with are blessed also? Amen? You see how that thing worked? But suppose he'd have been grudging. Suppose... He would have not entertained with hospitality those three men, which one of them was the Lord. Suppose he had not done that. And he'd have did it grudgingly. Well, here come these men. You know, and he'd started murmuring and all of that. And he'd have been murmuring. You know, understand what I'm saying? The danger that we never know. Are we so ignorant to think that Christ still doesn't show up in a bomb or a jackass? or a bumblebee, or uh, 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 what them ladybugs? When I see a ladybug laying on me or in my house in this church, I know big blessings are coming. It happens every time. Because God has shown me that part of him for my life. I can't say it for you. It's something else. But that's what he has shown for me. And it's been proven and tested, so I have faith in it. You know what I'm saying? I have faith in it. So y'all see how hospitality works when you don't grudge, right? Now let's see how what happens when you do grudge. Go to first Samuel twenty five, the twenty-fifth chapter. First Samuel. The twenty fifth chapter. And I'm not going to read all these. I'm just going to tell you the story. But you're going to get the message when I do finish with it, okay? All right. David was on the run. He got 600 men. Thugs, gangsters, thieves, murderers. That was his entourage, okay? Outcasts. And he's out there and they're hungry because he's on the run. And there's this guy who was rich. His name was Nabal. The word Nabal means a fool. Now, he was blessed by God, that man was. And he was living in a blessed state of highly favoredness with God. But he was a fool. His name was Nabal. He was married to a woman named Abigail, which means joy. All right? Now... David sent some of his young men for some food because in Mount Carmel, Nabal was there shearing sheep and slaughtering sheep so that, you know, they could all have a good time and everything, his family and everybody and his own people. But when the people came that David sent and asked Nabal for help, because David had sent them. He started talking crazy. Who is David and who is Jesse and who is all, you know, I ain't giving him nothing. He didn't show no hospitality. You understand what I'm saying? Now, when he didn't show no hospitality, this is what happens when you don't show hospitality and you got a grudging heart. David gets angry now when, it, when the word gets back to him. He's angry. And when I say angry, I mean angry because, you see, David was a stone killer. He didn't play. When David, the Bible says David strapped on his sword. Let me tell you something. When a man like David straps on his sword, it's the same as a man with a gun that ain't afraid to pull the trigger. When he pointed at you, you're dead. And that's the kind of man David was. The Bible say he strapped on his sword and took 400 of his men, left 200 of them with the stuff, and they strapped on their swords. And they were going to go and he said, I'm going to kill everything that pees like a man up against the wall. In other words, he was going to kill every one of the men. Everything. He's going to wipe them out. That was in his head. But Abigail, she heard about it. She heard about it through the young men that heard Nabal act crazy. He said, now, your husband done got this man riled up. Now, he didn't do anything bad to us while we were out there. He protected us. He didn't take no, they didn't take nothing from us. They didn't take nothing from Nabal. They took care of us, took care of Nabal. stock. Well, David took offense because of the way Nabal, the fool, had treated him. He didn't show him no hospitality. So Abigail, Nabal's wife, she gets all this food together. Fruits, nuts, meat, bread, I mean everything. She meets David and she bows down to David. She humbles herself to David. And she shows hospitality. She shows hospitality. And because she showed hospitality, all those men that would have been killed by David and his men were spared. Amen? They had a feast that night, Nabal and his people. And Nabal got drunk. And Abigail didn't say nothing to Nabal about what she had done until the next morning. And soon as she told Nabal what she had done, Nabal's heart turned to stone. Hospitality and grudging. He didn't like it. He hated it so bad until God killed him. Mm. But right there, God took him down. It's in that chapter, First Samuel, 25th chapter. God took him down. Because he didn't want to show. He had all this stuff. He had been highly favored and blessed, living in a blessed situation. God had blessed him enormously. But he didn't have a heart. Of generosity, he didn't have a heart of hospitality, and he got him killed. See the difference between Abraham and Nabel. See the difference. When you show hospitality, God blesses. When you don't show hospitality, God destroys. You understand? Wound up. David took Nabal's wife after Nabal died David took his wife Abigail I think for his wife I think it was his fourth wife I believe but anyway and she was older but she she had that that nine and David took her and that was one of David's best wives you know here's the thing when Ananias and Sapphira, I think that was them in the New Testament. They sold their stuff. Then they tried to cheat God. Remember in the book of Acts? Sold it properly. Then tried to hold some of it back. Lying. See, that was secret displeasure. Didn't want to give it. You did it for this, but you held back, you see. And because of that, God killed both of them right there on the spot one behind another, the husband and then the wife. But I'm gonna leave this with you. Go to Acts twenty verse thirty five. Go to Acts twenty verse thirty five. Hear a word of the Lord. God's word says it's more blessed. Not that it's more better, but it's more blessed to give Than to receive. That's in red letters. Do y'all see that there? It's more blessed to give. To show hospitality. Generosity toward one another. God says it's more blessed to do that. Than to receive. Hospitality or generosity. Because what happens is. Is that when God says now. You're more blessed to give, to show generosity, to show and act upon hospitality. You're going to be more blessed. The reason you're going to be more blessed is because then I'm going to handle it. I'm going to bless you. You ain't got to worry about man doing it, but I'm going to. I might use man to do it. I got all kind of ways to, to bless you and get you blessed. I can make a look way out of no way. I mean, with God, you know, God just cooks up stuff, make things happen. Things that you don't even realize. I mean, it just happens. Good things, you know. Of course, we screw it up a lot, but hey, you know, we're human beings. That's just all there is to it. I ain't perfect. I don't know about y'all. Maybe y'all done figured it out. When y'all figure it out, come, to, come let me know. Will you do that for me when you figure it out? But as for me, I'm trying to figure it out day by day. I'm taking one day at a time because when I find myself going beyond today, I get stressed out, all kind of old crazy stuff. Did you know when your mind gets to going too far into the next day and all of that, all you're doing is brink wreaking havoc in your life, and you can't even have peace and sound mind. You well, know, and you gotta say, "Oh man, just let me get through today. Just let me get through today, because really, today is all I got, and I might not have all of it." but the thing about it is that I'm okay with that I really am ain't no need in me saying I believe in God and I'm scared to die now, I don't want to die like no fool you know I ain't wanting to rush it you know not really but you know if it happens, it happens ain't nothing I can do about it no way so you know it is what it is absent from the body present with the Lord you know but it's more blessed to give we're, we're more blessed to show hospitality and generosity toward one another without grudging, because God is looking at the heart, not this heart, but the center of your being, why are you doing what you're doing when you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? And if, if you if you if you got a look, if you got a good interior. Session with yourself with God. In other words, if you got a relationship with God, no matter what you go through, you're going to be all right. Amen. Let's give God some praise up in the house. Just a simple word, y'all. Nothing heavy. Just a simple word. Something for you to glean on.
0: What's, what's about to happen. You know, um, I, I heard someone speak this morning that said that uh, the rich, what they do, they look for a, a cause that satisfy what they want. You know, they, 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 they don't mind giving, but they want to make sure that cause is what's connected to the thing